0: This is Where We Live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. Airbnb, love them or hate them, usage of homestay services increased despite booking losses in the pandemic as property owners shifted from short-term to long-term rentals. In 2021, Airbnb generated nearly $6 billion in revenue with 300 million bookings. That's according to data from the Business of Apps. What's your Airbnb story? We want to hear from you. Do you prefer booking an Airbnb to a hotel? You can join us, Air a comment on Facebook, find us on Twitter at where we live coming up we hear from travelers about their experiences with short-term rentals and later we know there's a shortage of houses on the market and apartment rentals in our state how do homestay services like Airbnb impact the issue locally that's just ahead first joining us on zoom is Andrea Sachs who's a travel writer and journalist at the Washington Post Andrea welcome to the show hi good morning So I had mentioned uh, Airbnb uh, at the top of the show. There are other um, homestay services. Uh, Certainly Airbnb um, has dominated the market. You know, why are people so attracted uh, to uh, this service?
2: I think it goes to our desire to be part of the community, to kind of be local and not be tourist. You know, sometimes that's a weighted word. And so we just want to kind of blend in and just be part of the buzz of the neighborhood. And by staying at a private residence or apartment or whatever it may be, we feel like we're really integrated into the community.
0: So this was uh, this company was founded, I believe, in 2008. Let's talk about uh, the the evolution and what these listings are like for maybe those uh, few who have yet to to book on Airbnb.
2: Oh, my gosh. Can I find that one person? <laughs> like, I don't know anyone. It's it was such a great it is such a great idea. And I remember when it emerged in 2008 and it was, you know, two guys in San Francisco who had an air mattress and the idea of like, let's have someone crash on our floor. and we can meet a new person and show them our city, but also put a little cash in our pocket. And now, I mean, billion dollar company. And I I, I jumped out, We, the travel section jumped on it pretty quick and I stayed at a couple places in New York and I did the variety where it would be doing a stay with other roommates, which was great. And then the other end was someone, and I had a weird sense someone had just bought this property. It felt like no one had ever lived in it and I might as well just be in corporate housing. And so the first experience where I really engaged, I felt like really animated. The other one, I felt kind of lonely. And so I think the problem is there isn't so much the former and there's maybe a little more of the latter now where it's become such a business endeavor where people are snapping up properties without ever having lived in them. And that kind of goes against the sense of being part of the community.
0: Yeah, there was a, a recent story, I believe it was up by Business Insider, about, uh, I guess, a Connecticut couple that had bought up several properties in Vermont. Um, and there was some pushback, uh, of course, uh, by uh, locals in Vermont and uh, officials there worried that, you know, how would this impact uh, the rental market? And so we've seen uh, also cities like New York City, of course, um, worried about the occupancy tax taking away business from hotels, and there are particular cities that have cracked down on short-term rentals, Andrea.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the the local governments definitely stepped in. I know recently Maui, Hawaii Hawaii just really struggles with this problem. Maui actually put a moratorium. So for two years, they are not allowing any short-term rentals in residential areas. And that's where the areas are getting hit the most. So in the resort areas, it's fine because it's transient and people come and go. But Maui said no for two years until we figured this problem out. Um, They've also, a lot of places have maybe increased the number, the amount of days that the owner or renter or whomever can book. So I know in DC, well, let's see, I think Oahu now the minimum stays 90 days. So really pushing like a longer term commitment rather than like these quick two, three days short stays because it really impacts the community. You know, you have traffic, you have noise, you have people you don't really know coming in and out. And I just think it it upsets the the neighbors a little bit to see it if there's some misbehavior. I know I've had it. I had my neighbor was renting her place and there was trash in her front yard and the door banging and it just was disruptive.
0: Is Airbnb, Andrea, you know, still considered, I guess the more affordable option uh, or I know, I think the Washington Post recently reported on, on how hotels are now offering private home rentals. So how has it
2: changed? I was just having this conversation yesterday. I, Airbnb used to be, and there's such a range. So when you go and search, you'll get so many results and it seems like they could range from maybe under a hundred dollars to like 300, 400, like upwards of thousands. But the problem is when, as you know, as you start going through the process and booking, they add on so many additional fees, taxes, totally understand, but sometimes the cleaning fee seems like it's more than the nightly rate, which is really disturbing. And so I feel like, Airbnb has gotten a lot more expensive and I usually will go back to the hotel and see if I can save money and maybe at the chain hotel. But you brought up a great point in that just in the past couple of years, especially during the pandemic, the hotels realized they've been missing out on this really, really profitable piece of the pie. And they've jumped into this and they have started to offer uh, private home rentals through, say, Marriott, Accor, Mandarin Oriental. And so they work with private, they're not, they don't own the places. So it's like Airbnb, they're just a platform sharing it with their members and guests, but they are overseeing the management of it. And if you're a loyalty member, you get points for it. So that's a benefit of it. But when I tried to do it for the Marriott, again, like the cleaning fee was off the charts. And I just, I couldn't fathom like spending $300, is that what it was, you know, for a cleaning fee. I'm not yeah, a messy that, person, so. I, so there are a lot of, You know, you have to do your due diligence and and compare and see whether it's worth it. Because obviously, when you stay at a hotel, they bake in the cleaning fee for you, so you don't break it out and you don't see how much you're paying.
0: Brian's calling in from Litchfield. Brian, what did you want to share?
3: Hey, good morning. Hey, so I've we we've spent uh, some quality time at Airbnbs this summer. We've. At 26 of them um, as we made our way across the United States and back. Um, And, you know, we've had some weird situations and some non-hygienic situations and situations where the property really wasn't what was listed. So we tried.
0: Brian, Uh, Andrea, I'd love to hear from you because of the the feedback, uh, whether someone's a a host or super host, or even the feedback on renters and how that plays into um, listings.
2: Oh, my gosh, it's imperative. I mean, I think like we need to hear from each other. We it's self policing. I only know as much as the host is telling me in in the profile and you can't fully trust that obviously because they want to sell their property and make it sound as pretty as possible and i need you know like brian like i need to know your experience that's the only way i will have a true sense of what this property is about and so if they're pulling them and i know recently they were saying something about parties like they've banned parties and that if somebody had a party and they're complaining about it, they might pull that because it's kind of a biased review, but they need to be open it needs to be an open forum. It needs to be an open conversation. I need to hear like I need to see the warts along with the the daisies and it's just wrong if they do that. And I know certainly Triple like, TripAdvisor went through that as well, like they were being. Um, criticized for maybe pulling negative or having the hotels pull negative reviews. And so you don't know they need to be transparent. I almost feel like we need to start like a rogue, like Airbnb, like review site so we can find each other and, and talk to each other, honestly, but they shouldn't be doing that at all.
0: You're hearing Andrea Sachs here on Where We Live. She's the travel writer for The Washington Post. uh, As we talk about Airbnbs and usage of homestay uh, services um, becoming more popular, you can join us as well. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Jason's calling in from East Haddam. Jason, what did you want to share?
4: Hi, how are you doing? Um, I am a member of Airbnb. I've used it. But uh, even better for myself with some other homestay services, um website is one called couchsurfing.com i've been a member since actually 1990 uh since 2008 it's been around since 1999 you can think of it as airbnb with no money involved where people let people stay with each other out of the kindness of their heart and to share their culture maybe share a meal not spend 24 hours a day together but uh you know i've stayed in south korea kazakhstan spain portugal i've had people in my house from uh Colombia Excuse me, I'm riding my bike <laughs> uh, be careful <laughs> Columbia, france Germany, you know all over the world and what a great way to uh you know share share uh, a bit of culture with each other and it although it's called couch serving obviously you're not necessarily sleeping on a couch, but you may sometimes, but you know ahead of time if you're booking with someone who has a private room for you with a private bathroom or something like that, and uh it just has really restored my faith in uh the kindness of humanity to see what people will do for each other when there isn't money involved just to meet each other.
0: Well, thank you, Jason, uh, for calling in uh, and and offering up that alternative. Andrea, what do you think about uh, couch surfing and other uh, sites that have also popped up, uh, a different model than Airbnb?
2: Yeah, I had done couch surfing, and I do love that goes back to the spirit of travelers helping each other, like that sense of fraternity, and we're all in this together, and it's adventure and making connections. And I, and I agree with the call, um, the person who called in on his bike, that it's nice to take the money piece out of it. Cause I know, but because Airbnb has become such a business for these hosts, and what was the number? I think they average $13,000 a year. So for a lot of them, it's a supplemental, if not a primary income. But couch surfing is great, especially if you're traveling around the world. And I've been looking, which is a little different because you have to work, but it's called, it's called Workaway. So these work exchange programs, and trusted house sitters. So you can spend, you just pay for the trip, the plane or the train or whatever, and you stay at someone's house and you take care of their cat or dog or bird or lizard or emu or whatever they have, or even the home swapping, because these are people that actually live in their home and they're going on vacation or have something to do. So you're in their home. So it takes the money piece out of it. And it's more of that kind of like quid pro quo, or we're helping each other out. Or we're in this together. Um, there are also some other sites that they call themselves kind of the anti Airbnb, and they are really conscientious of the community and how renting affects the community. And so one is called fair BNB. And they put a lot of the money that they make into the reservation back into the community. So for different projects, and some of the other um, Plum guide also they vet, they say that only about 5% of applicants become part of their guide and they They have a criteria and they're very strict about who's part of their enterprise. So there are definitely a lot of options. And I think even if we go back to old school, which would be going back to the rental companies, going back to property management, like remember the the old day we used to call and be like, hey, do you have a beach rental? And they have listings and you talk to a person and they work one-on-one and have more of oversight than maybe these giant booking platforms have.
0: Right. Uh, We're going to be talking and hearing from other uh, travelers about their experiences, also about safety issues uh, that have uh, cropped up um, um, with Airbnbs uh, just ahead here on where we live. But I I wanted to get your take on that, Andrea, the checks in place, because, you know, some people may still feel uncomfortable um, when they hear about these high profile incidents, uh, renting um, or staying in someone's home and, you know, to be worried about their safety
2: yes and i have to say i'm not a panicky person <laughs> whenever i press the send or book or confirm on airbnb i get a little panicky because i just don't know like there's no front desk you're relying on the person who is renting it out that they're going to be available they're not going to be like off kayaking and they're not by their phone i don't know if the door is going to open i don't know if it's going to be clean i don't know if there's going to be a like a quick response if i need it and i'm you know i'm not a i'm not a high maintenance person but there's some needs so they airbnb i had had no problem though i mean i have to say every airbnb experience has been very positive i've stayed in some cool places like an airstream in austin and yurts and all sorts of things and had good experience but i know there are bad ones out there and airbnb does say and so i can't speak from experience but i know you have some people with great anecdotes that they have this safety net And that they will, if you're unhappy with where you are, you know, they're gonna find you a new place or give you a refund. But the last thing you need is when you're standing in front of a place with all your bags and you have an itinerary and you have a short amount of time, you're in a foreign place, is to have to deal with finding lodging. Like lodging, we need that sense of security. And so I think that's a little upsetting for a lot of people. Whereas, you know, hotel, you have a front desk, you have a lobby, you feel comfortable that your needs will be met immediately.
0: You're listening to Where We Live here on Connecticut Public Radio. Andrea Sachs is with us, Washington Post travel Writers. we talk about the popularity of homestay services like Airbnb and also the drawbacks. Up next, we hear from travelers about their experiences, and we want to hear from you, too. What's your Airbnb story? Do you prefer booking an Airbnb to a hotel? Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. You're listening to Where We Live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalbathanchel. Since 2008, Airbnb has made finding accommodations easier for people interested in renting space at a home versus a traditional hotel room. And for the right price, people can find pretty amazing digs like a hobbit house in Washington State or a floating tiki hut slash houseboat in Key West. There are ho- other homestay services like Verbo and HomeAway. And if you live near an Airbnb with travelers coming and going, you may have different feelings about this booking app. As we talked about, some cities have enacted ordinances to limit short-term rentals like Santa Monica and New York City. And coming up, we're going to talk about the impact of homestay services on Connecticut's housing and rental market. We want to hear from you. What's your Airbnb story? Maybe you did remote work by booking an Airbnb during the Pandemic. You can join us, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. I wanted to bring on another guest. Uh, Joining us is a food and travel writer who's written about her experience booking an Airbnb. Christina Conte is here with us. Uh, Christina, welcome to the show.
5: Thank you so much. Happy to be
0: here. And your website, tell our listeners. ChristinaSpucina.com And so Christina, tell us about your Airbnb experience. I know this was related to a big uh, event in your daughter's life, graduating from Villanova. And so tell us about uh, trying to book accommodations for you and your family.
5: Well, given that uh, we're in California, uh, you know, was including flights um, to the East Coast. And my daughter had warned me ahead of time that all her friends on the East Coast that knew about the situation in the Villanova, Philadelphia area that there are, I believe, around 60 colleges and universities in a small area. And so accommodations, um, justifiably, book up immediately for that weekend. And so she said, you're gonna have to get up and you know be on as soon as the rooms become available, which I did um, the first night, a year to the day of the night that we would have to be there before her graduation. I was able to book two rooms because I needed it for my parents were coming from Michigan and my son was coming from Virginia. So there would be five of us that needed accommodation. I was able to book two rooms at a hotel. The next night I tried to do the same thing and there was nothing available at that same hotel. So I was unable to book two nights in a row. That's how over full it was a year in advance. So to Get to the part about the Airbnb, because we were changing from one hotel to another during the graduation weekend, someone had mentioned Airbnb to me um, a couple months before her graduation. So I went on the Airbnb site, and lo and behold, there was a home that could accommodate all of us, and it looked beautiful, and it was very close to Villanova, which was a wonderful neighborhood, and I couldn't believe my luck, and I read the reviews. Rave reviews, some actually mentioned how clean it was. So I booked it and I canceled the two hotel rooms. Tried to contact the host as per Airbnb's suggestion and no response for a few weeks. Tried again, um, asking how should we, you know, get the keys the day of the the rental. And she did not respond uh, to my question. But she said, feel free to call me or text me on this number anytime, which is against Airbnb regulations. Mm-hmm. They always say to communicate through their site. Um, it, the, the the actual time that we spent at this rental, I had an, uh, increased two days to four days because it was available and I thought we can make this a mini reunion. And it was also my mother's 70th uh, birthday And I thought we could celebrate that together. I was so excited. And it literally turned into that, not literally, because we didn't go to hell, but it really, truly felt like we were in hell that weekend. Mm. The accommodation was the filthiest place that I've ever stayed in by far. And the entire weekend has basically made me that I will never, never, ever Book with Airbnb again.
0: And so you were uh, in a hard place because accommodations were booked up and uh, you had your family we there. Had no yep. choice.
5: We had to stay. And that's the part where Airbnb, I feel, was absolutely the worst um, in, in customer service. After the fact, I, I contacted them while we were there and I said, This is not okay. This is health and safety standards. I used to be a social worker. So I know a little bit about, you know, the standards of what is appropriate for health and safety in a home. Um, I would actually have to um, go into homes and approve them as a social worker. This was something that was one of the worst situations I've ever seen. There were there was mouse poop in the kitchen um, pots and pans, frying pan, um, dog hair in the freezer, um, I mean, i I ended up posting about this a year after the fact because i was struggling with whether to put these pictures on my site which is full of beautiful food and travel photos and it was just so hard for me to show people where my family and i actually stayed Mm -hmm. but i thought if i don't do this PEOPLE AREN'T GOING TO KNOW ABOUT THIS AND THEY'RE GOING TO POSSIBLY GET INTO THE SITUATION THEMSELVES. AND SO I ENDED UP POSTING EVERYTHING AND, YOU KNOW, I GOT A LOT OF FEEDBACK, BOTH POSITIVE AND NEGATIVE. Um, a LOT OF PEOPLE STILL, THEY READ THE ENTIRE ARTICLE THAT I WROTE AND THEY SAY, THAT'S YOUR FAULT. YOU MUST NOT HAVE READ THE REVIEWS. WELL, AS THE CALLER, BRIAN, um, NOTED, I do not trust the reviews on airbnb and one of the readers that wrote in actually explained how it's possible to leave a fake review on airbnb Um, you just have one person book your your place and cancel and because they've done that they're able to leave a review now this is at the time that she posted this i don't know if Airbnb has changed that and made it so that it's not possible anymore. But at the time, that was possible. And, and Christina, I am, uh,
0: you you yes. said that you'll never book an Airbnb again. But given your experience beginning, uh, given the blog post that you shared with people, for those that are listening, you know, we think about how to handle um, if they book an Airbnb, and there are issues, you know, some of the the tips or suggestions given your experience.
5: Um, Don't expect uh, a good outcome with Airbnb because their customer service, they will not look at the situation um, that happened. They just say, you stayed there, therefore, we will not give you a full refund. Um, Even though I said there was no place for us to stay. I was on, you know, I even tried to go on to hotels thinking maybe maybe You know, there are some cancellations. I need to at least check. There was nothing, nothing. And we had no transportation. And if we left, we would have had to go so far away, we wouldn't have been able to attend my daughter's graduation. So it really can upend a very important weekend um, or trip or reunion or whatever that you may have planned. And that's why I would dissuade people because there is absolutely zero accountability for health and safety there's no human being that goes into these places um i've read where people book with the airbnb and um there, there isn't even a home that exists so there's just for me there's too much at risk
0: right Well, we're sorry that you and your family experienced that, Christina, um, but we thank you for explaining to us your experience and, again, um, your advice uh, to those uh, uh, who are thinking about booking and the questions that they should ask and the red flags when they pop up, um, you know, to to be aware. Um, Jamie's calling in from Clinton. Uh, Jamie, what did you want to share about Airbnb?
6: Well, I'm a host, and I've been a guest many times as well, but I'm a host an Airbnb host, and I think the platform is awesome. It's not 100% foolproof for certain. Um, I actually have been a super host for three years, and I lost my super host status this year because someone gave me an unfair review, and I was pretty upset about it. Um, I thought it it was unfair. I did not try to appeal to Airbnb to change it. I I didn't know if that was really an option, but I didn't even try. Um, I was very disappointed because the person who gave me a bad review did not have a conversation with me about his concern, even though during his stay, he was there for a month. During his stay, I reached out many times, and even when he did have a very small thing, I literally was over at the house's cottage within 10 minutes to take care of it. So I felt that his review was very unfair, and as a matter of fact, I just had a group stay there last weekend, and in their review, they commented about his review and how his review was not accurate. So I think that, you know, the nature of letting the public review you is a good um, is a good platform for us to be able to give comments to each other and reviews to each other, and certainly... I have struggled sometimes how to review a guest and also how to review a place and be um, honest and still not ruin their business. And that is a tough thing both as a guest and as a host that I think we deal with with the platform. But it is important to be honest and fair.
0: Well, thank you, Jamie, uh, for telling us about your experience today on where we live as we're talking about short-term rentals through homestay apps like Airbnb. As I've mentioned, they've become a popular option for travelers, but there have been a series of scams. Christina referenced that. Also, safety oversights that have invited public scrutiny. Joining us now on Zoom is Jesse Danoff, who's an attorney at the Mitchell and Danoff Law Firm in Hollister, California. He represents clients with complaints against Airbnb. Jesse, welcome to the show.
7: Hi, Lucy. Good to be here.
0: So I understand you've taken a number of cases against Airbnb. Uh, Can you sum up what these cases look like and how has the company responded?
7: So they've been all sorts of cases ranging from hosts being assaulted, guests being injured, murdered, uh, shot or assaulted at parties or events at Airbnbs or third parties being uh, injured at Airbnb properties. And the response has actually tra- changed pretty dramatically over the years. I've been doing it for over three years now, three and a half years. And uh, at first, it, it, there was more of a there was more sense of urgency from the company. They were they they had more uh, desire to kind of keep things under wraps and and keep it hush hush. At this point, I think they've come to the realization that th- there are a lot of safety issues and a lot of uh, things that are just unavoidable and are going to get out. So they started to be more hardline and kind of make it more difficult for people who have actually been injured or, at worst, killed at these properties, you know, get compensation.
0: Yeah, and I understand that uh, one of the cases uh, that you're involved in was related to a 2019 shootout at a one million dollar four bedroom home in California, uh, 20 miles east of San Francisco, where a gunman opened fire uh, killing five. Um, I think you represent uh, the mother of of one of the victims. And so has that been resolved?
7: Uh, It has not.
0: Yeah. And so we reached out to Airbnb and uh, in a statement, uh, in part, uh, it shared that in the past year, we've introduced a number of features such as a 24 hour safety line, as well as our local emergency services feature, which connects users to law enforcement immediately if they're in danger. And the company also announced a 24 hour safety line. So if uh, a traveler ever feels unsafe, uh, Airbnb says uh, that line will give them priority access to specially trained safety agents day or night. Jesse, uh, tell us about about this, these safety agents, the safety team that the company um, has to respond when uh, these types of incidents happen?
7: So uh, the other thing about this company is that they do give a lot of lip service to these types of uh, safety teams, safety uh, systems that they're putting in place. And a lot of the times they are a bit empty in, in actual implementation. Um, I have, I actually had a client recently who had reached out to a safety team for about five days, talking, uh, demanding and trying to get some information and guidance and help uh, about what to do with a guest with, that had a firearm in her property. Uh, The safety team apparently sat on their hands and really didn't respond at all uh, and just She was shot by this guy. So they're, you know, they've banned party houses now, I think three times. Every now and again, there's a story about it happening. They've, they've talked a lot about safety and security. And in reality, when you really need the safety and security teams, they're just not there.
0: You know, Jesse, there there are listeners uh, we're hearing from that are hosts and also are responding to Christina's story. You know, they'll say, you know, these are unfortunate but not representative of the greater Airbnb community. So how would you respond to them?
7: I mean, I I would agree that I'm there it's not the majority of the time that people go and get injured or get hurt at at an Airbnb, but there is a large amount of times that this happens and in other areas of society where there are situations that are prone to violence, such as nightclubs or large gatherings, there's security protocol and, and precautions taken by event venues and uh, uh, properties or you know managers. And in these cases, there's nothing like that. There's no regulations. They're totally free-for-alls. And left open to people, you know, with coming to violence a lot of the time, unfortunately.
0: Uh, we've been focusing on uh, guest experience, but when we think about um, how uh, hosts and how are treated, we heard from a, a caller earlier about um, a, a one a negative review, you know, hurting her. So can you talk about some of the incidents of hosts being put in difficult situations uh, as part of the Airbnb community?
7: So as I, I mentioned before, the, the most recent and I think one of the most egregious uh, examples that I've seen a host be put uh, in... Was the woman in Portland? She had uh, told the Airbnb several times that a guest had come to her home with a, well, actually, her property with a gun that was not allowed. She told them that it was not okay. That he was, he seemed to be a bit uh, mentally unstable, and that he was getting worse as the days progressed. Um, they basically told her, you know, they'll look into it. We'll we'll figure something out. They, they said they would get back to her after they talked to the guest and figured out what they w- were going to do. All she really wanted for them to do was to refund him so he would leave the property because he, he was broke and, you know, he was going to stay until he got his money back. So Airbnb basically sat on their hands and did nothing and for... Was- five days and during these five days his mental state progressed into uh, hysteria and they went to try to evict him themselves, the hosts, uh, and and he shot them through the door and Mm. and she almost died. That's just one terrible example. I mean, there's, I've had other clients and other hosts that have had properties and their life savings ruined without recourse from Airbnb. I've had clients who had been assaulted before, I guess. Um, And a lot of the times the reaction is, is slow or not at all from the company.
0: Uh, Andrea Sachs is still with us. She's a travel writer with the Washington Post. You know Jesse and Christina sharing some really unfortunate incidents uh, related to the um, experiences with the Airbnb community. Andrea, how would you respond? Uh, because uh, we, you know we've heard how the company is responding, and you know it seems that it's not impacting you know their their customer base. I'm curious your thoughts.
2: No, I mean, it's horrifying. Just like, I'm listening to this. <laughs> like, I just, it, I, it's just, you go in with such high expectations and it's, and then to come out with that experience is just like beyond words. I mean, we just have to take care of it. We have to do our due diligence. Like, that's all I can say is that I know when you look into it, I will often like try some, you can't get the address until obviously you book, but you can hone in on the little map and like, find some landmarks and then do like a Google view. And I mean, I've done this all the time. And I look at the house, I look on Zillow. Like I look to see how much it's been moved from like sold and bought and for how much. And like, you just have to do your due diligence and just be safe and just, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it really could be anywhere. I mean, it could happen anywhere. It doesn't have to be necessarily Airbnb. These things happen at hotels. They happen at b and probably not so much. Um, But they shouldn't be happening at all and we just have to protect ourselves and be really smart about where what we're getting into and as i i always peppered the owner the host or whomever with so many questions and i feel like if they start getting impatient with me then i know i don't want to book with them at all because they should be really open and willing to answer all my questions from whether you know it's like what kind of microwave do you have to how close are you to public transportation or what's the crime like like they should be willing to answer all those questions so you feel comfortable going into it. But as soon as, if you step in and you feel uncomfortable, you get out as soon as possible and document everything that you can. Like Christina, you know, you did a great job, like take photos, journal, if you have to call the police, like whatever you can do to get all of the documentation because you'll need it to get your refund or beyond. It, did, it you know. made yeah. no
5: difference though. That, that, really? that was, yeah, uh, yeah did they I did every I'm a a seasoned traveler and I did my due diligence I looked at Zillow and Street View on Google it was in a gorgeous the house itself was was fine it was beautiful it was filthy that was the issue and and the host um either had mental issues or was on drugs because it was not it was not a grounded conversation um Yeah, so there's things that you can't protect yourself against. And that Mm. the way that Airbnb dealt with that situation after the fact is the reason that I will not book with Airbnb again. It's not because of the host. I understand Mm. that's, But that's the risk you take when you book with Airbnb. You are rolling the dice and no one can argue that fact.
0: Yeah, And I wanted to get one more caller in before we run out of time, Rob in Bethlehem, who's also part of the Airbnb community. Rob, uh, thanks for calling in. What did you want to share?
1: Yeah, hi. Um, I actually am an Airbnb super host, and I I feel bad about these these stories. Um, But I like to say that every guest that has come to our place, we have an organic farm in Bethlehem. We recently took a silo, a very unique property, and we renovated it into an Airbnb space. We also have a geodesic dome and we've really enjoyed uh, hosting folks. I think my advice is to folks, um, having also been a frequent traveler, is absolutely read the reviews, absolutely do that. And I've been able to pick up, there are people out there that form Airbnb hotels. I don't want to stay with them. I want to stay with a local person like myself That knows it and is doing it. And at least for us, what uh, Airbnb has allowed us to do is really help keep the farm thriving. Um, the income it brings in, the joy that it gives to people, um, here, um, you know, we're, we're pretty booked all the time. We're also reasonably priced. Um, so, uh, I've stayed in some really bad hotels over the years too. And I can honestly say that overall, I really enjoy Airbnb, but it's, it's really being a wise buyer of goods, whether it's a, a hotel or an Airbnb property, and the experiences that you can have on um, the places that you can stay can be wonderful. And many times there's an economic savings. Right. Uh, um, thank you, so Rob. I- uh,
0: Thank you so much for sharing uh, your experience. Interesting your client from Bethlehem, because coming up, we're going to talk about Litchfield County and how homestay services are impacting both the housing and rentals market. But I want to thank Christina Conte and Jesse Danoff for joining us here on the show uh, as we talk about homestay services. Uh, We hope you stay with us as well. We're going to take a short break. This is Where We Live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nolpethanchel. Now, there was a 2021 study by Carnegie Mellon University that found the presence of Airbnb units in a community caused a mild decrease in the long-term rental supply, also called switchers, including affordable housing, which harmed local renters. But the study finds Airbnb also expanded the rental housing market which may benefit low-income landlords. And CMU study authors has proposed a new tax to reduce switching while maintaining the rental market expansion, also to alleviate socially inequitable outcomes. That made us think about you know, the impact of homestay services in our state, especially the impact on Connecticut's housing and rental markets. Joining us now on Zoom is Joc- Jocelyn Ayer, Director of the Litchfield County Hello. Center for Housing Opportunity. Jocelyn, welcome to the show.
8: Thanks, Lucy. Thanks for having me.
0: And so interesting conversation from our our previous guests. I'm wondering what the rental market looks like in Litchfield County with the presence of services like Airbnb and Verbo.
8: Yeah, well, the, you know, the rental market right now in Litchfield County is very, very tight. It is very difficult for folks who want to rent to find really anything at any price in Litchfield County right now. And I will say that, um, you know, Airbnb and other short term rental platforms have definitely had a significant impact on the number of rentals that are available to folks who want to live here year round.
0: Uh, we know that in the last couple of years, especially a lot of conversation in our state about exclusionary zoning and the fact that, you know, we have such a demand for uh, rentals, uh, but just not enough uh, spaces. I'm wondering in Litchfield County's perspective, when you look at the the census, so to speak, you know, what is the demand and what are some steps to alleviate um, this issue locally?
8: Yeah. So, um, you know, in Litchfield County as a whole, um, about, uh, 19% of households rent, um, statewide, it's more like 30%. So we think, you know, again, the, just the number of homes that are available for rent have, has sort of suppressed the number of renters that can, can live here. Um, but, uh, again, in some of our smaller towns in Litchfield County, uh, we've seen, you know, sometimes they only have five, you know, between five and 10 percent of their housing stock is available for rent. Um, you know, during the pandemic, many folks who were renting um, sold their homes because of the the high home prices, um, you know, in the real estate market. Um, so that made it challenging. But again, uh, you know, where we are here in Litchfield County, it's it's a pretty, you um, you know, attractive area for folks uh, who wanna escape New York City for the weekend or for the week. So, you know, again, we've seen a lot of um, homeowners and landlords who were renting to folks year round, um, uh, just turn their, you know, year round rentals into short term rentals. Um, And again, that that really has impacted our communities and, our ability to attract and retain young families, um, our employers' abilities to attract new new uh, folks to the jobs that are open. Um, I, I have been working with uh, many towns in the region on their housing plans, their their housing affordability plans over the last uh, year or so, and this is an issue that that comes up a lot. Uh, it is very hard for our communities to regulate this, um, as you had mentioned there are pro you know there are advantages to um, property owners uh, to have them be able to rent their homes. and it's really about balance um, just like anything else. Uh, you want to have some homes available for short-term rental but you also want to have enough homes available for long-term rental in your community. Mm-hmm. And that balance uh, is really hard to achieve through zoning policy or regulation. Yeah.
0: Jocelyn, we just have a a few minutes left. I understand you looked at um, some of the homestay properties available in Litchfield County, and I think there are almost two dozen of them. People were interested. It was $4,000 a month, so clearly this is not for the average family.
8: Yeah, so I did a quick search on VRBO and Airbnb to find out if I wanted to uh, if I needed to stay somewhere August 1st, um, either in a short-term rental or in a long-term rental, what's out there? So on VRBO, there were 64 properties. On Airbnb, there were 129 properties available if I wanted to just be there short-term. But if I needed a long-term rental that started August 1st, there were only 36 properties available for rent. Um, so that's, you know, again, 129 available short-term, 36 available long-term um and many properties were over four thousand dollars a month so again i think really those were meant for folks who just want to be here a couple months Mm. you know again maybe they're coming from new york city they want to kind of rent during the school year and come on the weekends um you know there were many things on the long-term rental sites on zillow that were ten thousand twenty thousand dollars a month (laughs) Mm. um And we have, you know, we. I'm clearly in the
0: wrong business now.
8: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, so we have 14,000 households in Litchfield County that want to rent. And if any of them needed a rental on August 1st, they would have 36 options to choose from that were below $4,000 a month.
0: And then, lastly, uh, when we think about uh, how government, local government, is responding, what can you tell us? Any towns in Litchfield County that are are thinking about this impact on on shorter, long term rentals, and and the types of families that they want to welcome into the community that are that right now are priced out?
8: Yeah, I mean, again, so I'm working with many of our communities, our towns, on their municipal housing plans, and this definitely comes up. They all want to attract and retain young families and young people um, and also seniors and the lack of rental options are really a problem. Many of them are struggling with what to do with Airbnb um, and again, their impacts on neighborhoods and figuring out, you know, what kind of zoning or other regulation they can put in place. But as I mentioned, it's very challenging. Uh, Even if you put a regulation in place, the enforcement um, you know, for a small town, it, that side of it is, mm-hmm. is really challenging. Um, I will say that one other thing that comes up frequently is um, accessory apartments. So some folks uh, can have an apartment, say, over their garage or in their backyard. And this is something the state of Connecticut has been promoting um, in terms of creating um, housing, additional housing options in our small towns. But what we've seen, again, especially in Litchfield County, is that those accessory mm-hmm. apartments are rented short-term. Right. Airbnb. And Jocelyn,
0: unfortunately, we're out of time, but we appreciate yeah. hearing from you and about the efforts uh, to um, help uh, increase more housing opportunities in Litchfield County. Jocelyn Air, again, Director of the Litchfield County Center for Housing Opportunity at the Housing Collective. I'm Lucy Nopithanshul. Today's show, produced by Tess Terrible, with help from our talk show interns, Anya Grandolsky and Mira Waju Thanks to Kate Tularski on the phones today. Have a great weekend.